Paul. I'm one of the pastors here, and I am now on. I am now, I'm now alive. Testing, one, two, there, okay, there we go, all right, must be me. Um, a bunch of thanks for um, um, Easter. This was one of the biggest Easter weekends we've ever had, um, so it was, it was a really great. There are a lot of people here, a lot of people I didn't know um, we haven't met yet, and, and so it was good to see uh, them come. Special thanks for those of you that invited people, um, um, whether they came or not, you invited them, and that means a lot. And those that did come, we hope that you have opportunity to talk to them about um, what they experienced. And, and so just pray for those openings and those opportunities and those chances uh, for that. Also, thanks for you um, um, that uh, served in some super way. We had so many people serving in so many different spots. And so I, I even come downstairs. There was somebody specifically designed to greet anybody that comes downstairs. I mean, that's what they did. That was their job. And so... I was greeted numerous times as I, I came downstairs, and it was really, really good. And, and also thanks uh, to those of you that parked off-site, um, because you did that, and you walked a little bit farther. You made it possible for those that were, were first time here, and they didn't know where to park, and so you gave them your spots. And so thank you so much for that, and, and invite you to continue to do that. Just because when, when people drive in, if they can't find a place to park, they don't know where else to go, and so they'll just go home. Or the worst thing is they'll go to another church. No, I'm just kidding on that one. So, um, no, they, they don't know where to go. And so, um, um, so please, if you can walk a little bit, it's good, and, and um, it'll get the blood pumping and all that kind of stuff. Um, what, what was really weird, and, and, and we did not make, make note of this one but um, um, last weekend, but um, you heard about the, the church in uh, Sri Lanka, the churches in Sri Lanka that... Um, were bombed and, and numerous believers were um, killed because of only because they were worshiping Jesus and so a uh, pretty tough thing. We as a church family we um, choose to focus on and spend time thinking about the persecuted church. Um, they're brothers and sisters in Christ. They they just are and so we want to really really um, spend time praying for them and we do that. Um, every month, and we encourage you to pray for the persecuted church all the time. And um, next, tomorrow, if you come back or want to just come for this time between services, there's a group that meets upstairs, and they will be praying for that. Um, I, I want to, we're going to sp- focus on a specific country right now. Go ahead and hit the slide, if you would, please. This is Somalia. Um, we're going to be praying for Somalia. They're actually number three on the list of the most persecuted um, countries where the church is most persecuted, and that would be um, Somalia. Um, right there. Um, the Christian community in Somalia is very, very small, and they're under constant threat um, of attack. Um, in the country's constitution, um, um, it's just illegal. It's forbidden to be uh, a Christ follower, and Christians with a Muslim background are, are seen as high-value targets. How's that? Um, and believers who left Islam to follow Jesus when found, are immediately killed. I mean, there's just no, there's just no nothing. Um, that's just what they are. And um, uh, there's no room for Christianity in Somalia whatsoever. And um, we're going to be praying for the believers that are there and for that country there as well. So would you just take a moment and pray with me, please? Father, um, your family on earth that you love, um, because there are those that have power, they 
guess make it hard for people to even hear about Jesus. Pierce through those um, walls, the darkness, those um, give opportunities for your gospel, the message of Jesus to come through. Now we look at Somalia. We pray for Somalia. Um, I pray for we pray for those believers there that have to hide their faith to stay safe. Pray for their safety, and not not just in spite of persecution, but because of it, they would grow strong. Would you um, pray for Christians who convert from Islam that they'll be protected from violence? Pray for them. Pray for those brothers and sisters in Christ that we'll be meeting tomorrow. Maybe it's today. Tonight, maybe they meet throughout the week. Pray they'd be able to grow together. Pray for them. Pray for their protection. Um, God, confuse those government officials that may be looking to arrest those that meet in the name of Jesus. May they not be able to find the places they meet. God, we, we just pray that more laborers would be sent to Somalia underground and that the message of Jesus would be given to those that need to hear it. Help, help the believers to grow in grace daily and in your love. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, um, this evening we are going to begin a, a new series called Getting Through What You're Going Through. Um, how come? It's because... We need to get through what we're going through. You know, if we're in it or heading into it or in the midst of it or coming out of it, we want to need to be able to get get through it. Um, so we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks things like grief and worry and trials. And we're talking about those things because really we experience those things. Those are the things that we have to get through and we want to get through them well. Our theme for this whole year is hope. And you're probably hoping that I'd be talking about something besides hope, right? You know, because we've been in it for so long. Um, not, I'm not sorry. We're going to keep talking about hope um, because it is so necessary for us and for in our, our world. Hope is needed in life. It's, it's needed in your life. It's, it's needed in my life. And, and what I want to talk about really um, um, this evening as we kind of just kick off this whole series is just how, how getting through what we're going through, how hope can kind of take us through the big picture parts in our lives and what our lives are made up of and how God has been working through it and how we can have hope in, in that. Um, a few years ago, uh, I went on a, um, a men's fishing retreat. We have that every fall here. And there were some guys that were um, that I didn't know well, and they were playing uh, uh, cards you know, at a, at, a, at a picnic table. They were just playing cards and, and seeming to have fun with it. And so I went over and asked them if I could play, and they said, sure. And, and so I asked what they were playing, and they knew I was the pastor, and they said, we're playing poker, you know, like really smug, we're playing poker. And um, um, they laughed, you know, big, funny, you know, and so I just said, shut up and deal, <laughs> you know, so, you know. <clears throat> and these guys were good, you know, they were really pretty good poker players, and soon I had lost all your offering money to them, I'm sorry, it's just, <laughs> there you go. 
Um, how many of you have ever played poker? Any of you? Go ahead. Get your hands up. Okay, okay, good, good. We have a lot of sinners in here, so we've got uh, we have a bunch of sinners. Anyway, I know enough about poker to know that they deal the cards and you have to play the cards you're, you're dealt. That's just what you have to play. I mean, your hand is your hand. That, that's what you've, you've got. And you really can't say, um, I don't like this card. Can I, can I throw this one back and can you, can you give me another one? And that's, that's honestly true whether it's poker, really any, with any game. Um, if you have kids or played games with kids, if you are playing Candyland, if you draw double blue, you go what? Double blue. That's just what you do. If you get molasses swamp, you have to go to the molasses swamp, okay? That's the way that this game is played. And, and what you're dealt, the cards you get may be good. Um, it may not be good, but that's what you got, okay? That's what you've got, and that's all you've got to play with. And, and that's true about life, and I'm not talking about the game of life, but, but, but my life and, and your life. And, and we're all kind of dealt with certain cards. And these cards make up who we are and makes up really how we're going to end up living our, our lives. You didn't choose the cards you got, okay? At least you didn't choose four of them, okay? Four of the cards that you got in life, you didn't choose them. Um, you just simply got them. And until we come to terms with that, we will sometimes struggle. And sometimes we will say, and, and boy, I talk to a lot of people, and, 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 I, and I slip into this too, you know, why was I given this? Why was I given this card? Or why was I made this way? Because that's going to be one of the cards we're going to talk about. And why did that happen to me? And that's another one of the cards we're, we're, we're dealt with. And, and it really becomes hard, especially when God seems to be the what? The dealer. Okay? God is the dealer. And all of a sudden, with God being the dealer, I've got a hand. I don't like this hand particularly, God. And this is where hope in life begins to work itself out in the very real parts of life. Um, and we're going to look at hope more and more and more as we move through this year just so that we can really experience that. Now, I've talked about hope. Hope is not just simply a wish. You know, I wish it or I hope that the sharks win. Hope is a confidence, and this is important, that a loving God is in charge of life and of my life, and no matter what happens, good or bad, he's in control, and it's going to be okay, all right? He's in control, and it's really going to be fine. And so this weekend, so far, I've been able to experience a water leak underneath my house, you know, a broken bicycle, you know, and I love to ride, and, and our garage door is broken, okay? Boom, 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 you know, those kinds of things, and this is, this is my, my weekend, and that deals, honestly, with a lot of our lives. And how do you make it through all that? You can stress, you can freak, or you can say that a loving God is in control of life and of my life. And no matter what happens, whether good or bad, he's in charge, and I'm going to be okay. To understand who I am, I, I need to really understand um, the five cards I've, I've, I've dealt with, uh, I've been dealt. And, and these are really five factors, and they really have a role who I am. So I'm going to talk about the five cards that, that God has given us and, and actually have cards here for illustrative purposes, okay, here, and, and it doesn't matter really what these cards are, and I'm not going to do any magic tricks because I can't do that kind of stuff. But, but so the first card that, that, that you're dealt with is, 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 and if you want to take notes, it's, it's my chemistry, okay? It is my, 
my chemistry, okay? And when I talk about chemistry, this is the way that I was created, the way I was made. This is the way my body kind of works. My chromosomes, my DNA, those of you that are into biology understand all this kind of stuff. My chemical makeup, you know, the wall, this kind of stuff that happens in my body. It includes my body type. It includes my facial structures, my nerves, my bone density. It's just, just my body chemistry. It's just kind of who I am. And, and here, as, as we understand, in here, we are really, really, really different. Because as you look around, nobody in here looks the same. Okay, we, we don't. We immediately can recognize each other because we're different. Okay, we're all, all very, very, very different. Um, it's funny because they do, they do studies on the internet is, is they're trying to determine what is good looking now, you know, or what is the perfect face, and they'll kind of look at those kinds of things. And, and as we understand that, that was completely a card that was dealt. And some of us have features that would be considered, you know, um, good looking, and some of us have features that would consider kind of meh, you know, because kind of that, that way. Some of us, metabolism, and we have metabolism that's all different. Some of you are born with high energy level. You buzz around, you buzz around, and you never stop. And some of us just can't get out of bed in the morning, okay? That's just simply the card you were dealt with. Um, some of you can eat all the leftover Easter candy without gaining an ounce, okay? Some of you are like that. Some just by smelling the chocolate bunny, you gain two pounds, okay? That's just simply some of you the difference on you swing. This card includes how tall you are, your body, how your body processes sugars and carbs. It includes some of you are extroverts, some of you are introverts, some of you are optimists, some of you are pessimists, um, some of you like cats. Good for you, you know, you're good for you, okay? That's this card, that's this card, and we're all different, all, all of us are different. Second card that we are, are dealt, we'll just simply call these the connections, and um, these are the ones of the relationships and those people that we have connected with in our lives. And this one's really important because, boy, your family of origin was so critical in your shaping and in your life. I told you a couple of weeks ago uh, how I, I went to this conference and they did some therapy stuff for, for, for all of us. And I thought, jokingly, going in, I thought, oh, great, they're going to all ask us about our dad, you know. And sure enough... As we learned this stuff, we learned how critical and important your relationship with your dad was, your connection with your dad, how it had such a wild shaping influence on, on your life. The father card was dealt to you. You didn't choose it. You just simply got it. Uh, nor the mom card or the brother card or the sister card. Even the friends and enemies in your formative years, the kid next door, you know, that threw rocks at you. And, and some of your connections may have been really bad. Some of them may be very good. Some of them may be very good. But this card was instrumental in making your life and making your life your life. You didn't choose them. You just simply got them. That's the, that's the second card. The third card, the third card would be your circumstances, and this would be the life experiences that you've had in life. Um, I was born in Southern California in the United States. That's where I was born. Things would be very different had I been born in Sri Lanka, okay, or in Somalia, or Botswana, or Stockton, okay? Things would be very, very different in my life had I been, been, been born there. 
Um, I was watching, watching um, Downton Abbey. Any of you watch Downton Abbey? You know, watch that one? Okay, yeah. I'm going to admit it. I'm going to come out and say it. I'm, I'm coming clean. Um, I actually like the show, and it's very interesting because they have those that were, that, that live in the kind of, live in, and live in the upstairs, and those would be the ladies and the lords and, and all of that, and there's those that live in the downstairs, and those would be the servants, and they have, you know the only difference between the two? is they were born either in this society or in that society. That's the only difference. And back in those days, to whom you were born makes all the difference in the world. I was told of a young girl who came to a, to a, a place um, um, for drug rehab. She was 13 years old on drugs, hooked on drugs. And her story is when she was 9 years old, her drug addict mom needed drugs and began trading her daughter for favors. How about that? How about that for circumstances, okay? She did not ask for that card. She got it. Um, How's that for a bad hand being dealt to you? Circumstances are also things that happen to me and around me. Some of you maybe experienced rejection, and it's affected your identity. Some maybe had a crisis or a catastrophe. You lost a parent at a young age. Um, these are all part of this card. Um, and these, this card can really mess with your mind. It really honestly can. It can really goof you up. And you can start believing horrible things about yourself because of this card, or good things about yourself because of that. Card number three Card number four is, is really my consciousness, and, 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 and this is how I think about me, okay? Proverbs, the Bible says this, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And how you think about yourself is, is really how you are. The Bible says be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. And so, so understand that this card really has a lot to do with the self-talk, the, the self-stuff that, that goes on inside. Do you ever talk to yourself? Any of you ever talk to yourself? Do you do that? Okay. Y'all do, you know. What they say is scary when you start answering yourself, you know. And, and I don't have conversations with myself, but I talk to myself sometimes. In my, I was underneath the house yesterday trying to fix this pipe, you know. And, and they're all nice words, by the way. But I was, I was trying to fix this, this pipe. And I was saying things as I, as I had gotten the patch for a half-inch pipe when it was actually a three-quarter-inch pipe, okay. And the words of choice were, Paul, you're an fill-in-the-blank. You're an idiot. You know, you're an idiot. As I had to go to, to Ace Hardware for the third time for one repair, okay? Um, those are the self-talks, my, my consciousness. Um, and so we have here, we have here uh, four cards so far that, that we have been dealt that made up our, make up our hand in, in life. Okay, four of them. You've got them. I've got them. We all have them. And they're all different. All the cards are, are, are different, um, but we've got them. Okay, um, and you could say, holy cow, there is a whole lot stacked up against me. I mean, is that true? There can be a whole lot stacked up against me as I look at the story of my life. Now, um, there's a fifth card, and um, the fifth card is different. And sometimes when you're playing a game, um, there's what's called a wild card, okay? Wild cards are good, you know? I like wild cards because wild cards can be whatever what? Whatever you want them to be, 
you know, um, you're playing poker, they say, you know, deuces are wild or, 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 or whatever else they say. And this wild card is my response, okay? Wild card is my response. It's my response to these other four cards. Um, the Bible says that we were created in the image of God. And, and one of the meanings of image of God is actually free moral choice. Um, dogs cannot make moral choices. They just simply can't. Cats, by the way, can make moral choices. <laughs> they just choose evil. Okay, they just choose evil. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you had to be here tonight, didn't you? Now, I can make choices. I can. Especially, and my choices are going to be how I respond to these other four cards. Okay? That's my response. That's my, my choice. And the important thing is, is because this fifth card changes absolutely everything about my life and about these other four cards. Well, cards are great in games because I can use them to be anything. And you can change your game because of a wild card. You could be dealt four really, really bad cards. And then the fifth one's thrown to you, and it's a wild card. And you realize, I've got a what? I've got a choice, and I can win this game. You can have nothing. A wild card comes, and you have a winning hand. The great thing about this is, is we all have that fifth card. Every single one of us does. And it can change how you play your life. I didn't choose my body. didn't choose it. My DNA, I did not choose my height. I did not choose when my growth spurt started. It started very late in life, and it had an incredible effect on my life. Um, I was dealt that card. Didn't ask for it. I just got it. I didn't choose my personality. I didn't choose my tendencies. I did not choose to be a, an introvert. It's just the way... I was dealt, the card I was dealt. I didn't choose my family. And while I didn't choose my body, I can choose how thankful I am that God used the times that I was a wimpy kid to shape me. Okay? You understand that? I didn't choose to be four foot nine when I started high school. You know, I didn't choose that. But God could use that. I didn't choose my relationships. Um but I can choose how to respond and forgive those that hurt me. I didn't choose my personality. I didn't, I didn't choose that. But I can choose how to respond to the weird parts of it, you know? I mean, do you understand how the game is played? Do you understand how this game is played? And I didn't choose what people said to me or did to me, but I can choose whether or not to let those sounds play and replay in my head. Those are my choices, okay? Um, this is an incredibly powerful card. And this is the card in which God works in our lives, in your life and in my life. And the great hope is, is that God works with this card. And this is the hope that I have. Because these four men, living and growing up in a broken world, a hard world, it doesn't seem very hope-filled or hopeful. But when God all of a sudden gives me this card, I have all the hope in the world. So many times we feel like we are victims, like all things are against me. It's just because you don't play that card. 
So what do I do with this? It is responding, and, and here it is. It is responding with hope to the hand I've been dealt by choosing to bring God into the game of my life and understand his role, his work, and his plan. And once I do that, again, I could say, um, and again, this card game is getting a little old as a, as a, as a metaphor. Um, once I do that, you win. Habakkuk is not a common book in the Bible that you read. Okay, in fact, we have trouble even pronouncing his name. It's Habakkuk, okay? And God raised him up as a prophet to Judah a long time ago, and Judah was having some trouble, and he complains to God about circumstances, okay? He complains, and, and I think it's fine when you need to complain to God. If your heart's right, you're going to complain, you know? It's like, God, what's going on with this? And here are the problems He says this, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and no grapes on the vines, and that's basically your life, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, he's going to play the fifth card. Yet I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. I can't choose the flowers on the figs or the Fig tree or the grapes on the vine, I can choose my response. You see, I can choose my response to that. Um, for example, take the chemistry thing of your life. Let's just take that, that first card. Um, eyesight. Some of you have terrible eyesight. You just have bad eyesight. You were born with it, okay? You were a kid, and the baseball came to you, and you always missed it. Always. Why? Because you couldn't see it. And in your heart and in your life, you wanted more than anything else to play baseball. And so in middle school, when they chose sides, guess who was picked last? You were. Um, And it killed you because you wanted more than anything else to be an athlete. And it didn't happen. And it was the why me kind of a circumstance. And so all of this began to set off course of events that moved you in a whole new area of skill, an area where you can excel. And internally, you now have a compassion on kids who are terrible at sports. You get it. You understand it. And you can go alongside them and say, I know what it's like, and I know how it feels. And this is what 2 Corinthians chapter 1 is all about. It's taking every circumstance that happened and responding to it with God in mind. And his purpose praised because he's doing something in it. Our choice, our call. And again, I love this hope thing because this is where it comes into my life. It completely comes into my life. Psalm 139, this is great because this kind of affirms the way we were made. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. The complexity is everything you are. Everything, all these four cards. And the writer of the psalm is saying, I am choosing to play this fifth card and be thankful for it. Thankful for it. Um, Would you take a second look for a moment at your hands? Would you do that? Look at your hand. Okay, I was going to have you do your feet, but that's a little awkward right now and it wouldn't work. Um, Um. we take our hands for granted. I, I, when I say that is, we don't ever look at our hands really 
they're weird looking. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, how weird a hand actually is. You know, it's, it's not really all that pretty. People say, oh, you have beautiful hands. No, you don't. No one has beautiful hands because hands are these weird things. I mean, they're weird and they've got joints in them and, and, and they've got, boy, if you look at mine, they're looking really bad right now. Um, my hands are pretty ugly, but, but understand, God designed your hand. God designed that hand. And according to Psalm 139, man, he made it perfect and awesome and just right, just right. He knit together with DNA and cell division and bone and muscle and tendon, ligaments and joints and connective tissue and skin. It's, it's all right there. And if your hand is a little like mine, um, it has scarring on it and it has divots and it has scratches and it has calluses and it has blisters and um, if you get old enough, it starts getting these weird things called spots. Okay? (laughs) It's just what happens. All right? In life. Um, It's your hand. One more startling verse in the Bible, and I love this one. It says, therefore, I'm well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses and persecutions, with difficulties. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. What does it mean, well content? It means that he's responded to God with all the cards that he was dealt and realized that God will do his best um, through a person like that. God, I'm going to take this fifth card. I'm going to add it to the other four, and I'm going to say I'm well content. I'm well content with the divots in my life and the spots and the scarring and the ugliness. I'm well content with that. The value of human life is that God said, I need someone exactly like you in this world at this time. This, this is it. And when, when, when you can come to, when we can come to that spot, God said, look, I needed somebody with bad eyesight that can't hit a baseball more than four feet. I need someone exactly like that. I need somebody that's not very good at math. I need somebody that doesn't have a wonderful, charming personality because there's going to be one point in life where all of those, what you think are failures, are going to intersect, and the life of another person that I love deeply will be changed because of you because you can't hit a baseball and because you don't think you have got much of a personality and because you're not this or not that. All these because you're nots is going to make it for somebody that you, what? That you are. And I love that God has this all under control and I love that he's given us that fifth card. I need someone exactly like you in this world at this time. Moses makes this great statement. He's kind of arguing with God back and forth. And, and he's gave, Moses is giving God all the reasons why he's not very good. Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. God will have none of it. I love this. The Lord asks Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Boy, that one gives me tears. Who makes a person's mouth? God's, God's saying, don't you think I know that? You know, don't you think I knew that? You know, so, you know, so. Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Moses, you're exactly what I need you to be. A few things and we're going to finish. 
I'm the product of my past, not a prisoner. Okay? You're a product of the past, not a prisoner. Change the wording. You're not a prisoner. You're just not. You're a product. Okay? I can understand. I'm a product of my past. I don't have to be imprisoned by it. And a product is a production. God put that together and God's going to work it through. I can move, the next point is I can move forward in trusting God. I really, really can move forward in trusting God. And this hope thing, you know, I mean, I've got I've to gotta get up here and talk about it, and then I've got to go home and, and you know, try and live it, and, you know, I've got water pipes leaking and garage doors breaking and bicycles not working. You know, I've got those kinds of things that are happening. And I told you a, a few weeks ago how I had to drive over the hill to get you know, a blood test, and, and they didn't have the paperwork. I drove over the hill, wasted an hour and a half of my life for zero, nothing. Driving back, was I frustrated? My day off, was I frustrated? No. Why not? Because a good God's in control of my life, of life and my life. He's in charge of it. And he knows. He knew they didn't have the paperwork. And he knew that for some reason I needed to go over there and come back. And so I could come back and say, this was not a surprise to God. God knew it. God was aware of it. And God's allowing me to experience it. So who am I to complain about God's plan? You see, see how, how it works itself out in life? We talked about Paul who had a problem. He says this three different times. I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Last point is God needs someone exactly like me now, right now, right now. So um, you always win. You always can win because every one of us has been dealt a winning hand when we choose to take that fifth card and say, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act on this one. I really am. Bad hand, I can relate to people with bad hands. Good hand, I utilize every advantage I can for what God wants me to do in this world. Last verse, and we're going to close. Familiar one for all of us. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God's got a place for you. Um, worship team, would you guys come on up, please, and set up? I remember the day, for me, I remember the day when I, I actually had to force myself to make Jesus' view of me the most important thing about me. I had to make that. It was a force. I had to decide it became very clear to me that I was going to make Jesus' view of me the most important thing about me. It was like a huge door swing in my life. What does Jesus think? And the conclusion I came was he made me. He loves me exactly the way I am. My height, my shape, my abilities, my skills, my weaknesses, my problems, my past. Um, he's put them all together. I want to take this fifth card, God. Jesus, I need this fifth card and to act on it right. Would you bow with me, please? Only you fit the right shape to do the things that God has called you to do. There's nobody else on earth that can do what you can do. You have relationships that no one else has and connections and the personality. It may be a capacity that you have or an incapacity that you have. 
hope is, again, you have a good God that's in charge of life and of your life. He's in control and charge. And it will work out. Trust him in that. And maybe there's something that's kind of all of a sudden bounced to the surface. and It's the thing that you still struggle with. Will you thank him for that? Maybe it is a, what you think is an incapacity. What you think was meant for evil, God can work it for good. Will you thank him? God, I'm not glad it happened to me, but I'm glad what you can do through me because of it. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you do and that you're there and we just don't walk through this life alone, but you're there and you've been with us all the time. Thank you for these people, God. Bless us as a church family, those that follow after Christ. To always be the people you want us to be. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This message is a great message, but it could also be one that churns up some stuff that maybe we'd rather not face right now. And I just want to remind you again that God is a God of hope. And he calls us at times to go on a journey of searching through and being honest about things in our life that maybe we'd rather not deal with. But God loves you. And as we started this message with, or this evening with, singing, he has set us free. His love is amazing, and we are free. We're not, we're not, we're not defined by all of that. We're defined by the freedom that he gives to us. And so I can imagine that maybe some of us, our next step might be just taking some time and praying. And we'd love to be here tonight to pray with you about some, some concerns, some issues, some heaviness in your life. And again, point our heart towards trusting and hoping in the God who loves you so very much. I learned this phrase many, many years ago, and I think it's a powerful phrase. My response is my responsibility. And God calls us to be responsible, to respond to him in hope and trust, even though we would rather say that's unfair or be in denial. And so please take that next step towards pursuing him and the hope and the healing and the restoration and the freedom that he has for you, because he has that for all of us tonight. Thank you for being here. Let's go ahead and stand, if you would. Uh, We'll be over here to pray with you if you'd like. But right now, let's just end in this one final song and celebrate the freedom that we have in Christ and the hope that he gives to us.